Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 157. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday. Steelers Nation, know this episode coming out later. You may not be listening to this until Thursday, and that was because Wednesday, a very busy day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They officially reported to Latropia and St. Vincent College for Day 1 of the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. And so we waited to hear from the players and Mike Tomlin before recording this podcast. So Dave, camp is back. It really feels like camp is back. There is so much for us to talk about. We <laughs> I like that little pig in that guy yeah, commercial. Out the window. Yeah. yeah, with the pinwheel and all like that. Off we go. Uh, hit the ground running. Uh, and we better get after it because we got a lot, a lot to talk about before we pack you up and kiss you on the cheek and send you <laughs> off to uh, Latrobe to St. Vincent College. All right, let's dive right on in. We'll start with uh, kind of the housekeeping because we're going to do the housekeeping to start every camp episode. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, no news is good news. Mike Tomlin saying no Pittsburgh Steeler player will begin training camp on the active PUP list. And so he said no one will be limited tomorrow. We'll see if maybe somebody's working just individual or whatever the case is. But bottom line is Pittsburgh looking extremely healthy to start the 2023 training camp. Yeah, you buried the lead, too. Joey Porter Jr. signed his deal. Oh, yeah. yeah I, so much has happened today. That yeah. feels like an eon ago already. <laughs> so I apologize. Yeah, Porter finally signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, uh, kind of to move this thing along and, and parlay all of this together, uh, you look at the the entire, you know, the totality of, of, of the offseason and all that's happened. And then you uh, move on forward into, in, you know, into, uh, you know, mandatory or mini camps and then OTAs and mandatory mini camp and uh, on into the latter portions of the summer. They got Alex Highsmith done. Uh, and extended before camp and they, you know, they, uh, we knew, we knew they were going to get Porter done. It was just, you know, how, uh, how close would they cut it? And, you know, they, uh, they got it done and he signed today. He actually physically signed today, which was his birthday. So kudos to him. That's quite a birthday present uh, for him. It sounds like he uh, is going to get all of his uh, signing bonus up front. Uh, that, that, probably was, as we talked about several times, probably a sticking point with the payout structure of the signing bonus. Some teams like to pay that out over a year or even a year and a half as far as installments go. Uh, you know, Players obviously would like to get that in the bank as soon as possible, so it seems like he won that. And we don't know exactly the percentage of the fourth-year money, which was the obviously the other holdup. But it it certainly seems likely and sounds like that's going to come in at 70 percent of the uh, of the fourth year money. So uh, long and short of it is he signed, sealed and delivered at this point. Uh, boy. And, and one thing we, we said, it's impossible to guess what the PUP and the NFI uh, list will look like, because some of the stuff you just don't know what's going on, uh, going on behind closed doors. I know we both kind of had a, had had were wondering 
Cole Holcomb, Allen mm-hmm. Robinson, what's going to happen there? Might they start them off slow? Uh, that's not going to happen. You know, they, they've got everybody. Uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't seem, uh, seem to think anybody's going to be limited at the start of camp. When it comes to a 90-man roster, look around the league. How many teams can say that uh, uh, this year? So I guess to wrap it all up in the bow from, you know, obviously the end of last season uh, until we get, you know, until this point in time right now, could anything really have gone <laughs> better? I mean, you know, you know, obviously people will say, well, they could have signed this guy, that guy, but you know, all, all that kind of stuff. But, but as far as what has happened and then really there's no drama going on with this team or anything mm-hmm. like that. Once again, got these contracts done. I think just wrapping this up in a bow, uh, you got to take, as, as Heinz Ward would say, you got to take your hat off and hand it to Mike Tomlin and, and Omar Khan and, and, and Art Rooney the second, right? I'm almost a little nervous wondering things are going too well right now. What's going to happen on Thursday that might uh, change the the tone and tenor of our conversation. But you're absolutely right, Dave. I think, you know, I, I had an article about losing Cam Sutton. I think that was a mistake, but putting some of that stuff aside, there's always going to be some things you can second guess, but in terms of what actually happened and especially kind of the, you know, pre-camp, you know, checklist of getting Porter signed, getting the Highsmith deal done, the team being healthy, it's as good as it could have gone. And so, yeah, it's a really good start. It's just that it's a long process. We'll see what the conversation looks like tomorrow, a week, a month from now. But right now, this team is in a really good place. Yeah, look, I know it's Im- impossible to remember every little detail of every little offseason as long as we've done this. And me even going back to, you know, 2008, right, when, when I started the site and all. But, uh, I mean, it really does look like this has been you know, just top to bottom, a very, very positive uh, off season for this team. And things need to, to need to have been positive and stay positive if this team's you know going to have any chance to compete and get into the playoffs this year. So uh, it's it's just a, a they're in a very good place right now as they get ready to start their first training camp practice. I feel they are to go back to Porter. Should I say this? Is, it, is this out of turn to say? Because Aaron Wilson had a tweet that was deleted that said Porter got 70% in the fourth year. And then when he reposted it, there was no mention of that fourth year. I don't know if that was inaccurate or something that was not supposed to be said. But as you mentioned, it sounds like 70% is going to about be the number on Porter. It would definitely make sense when you look at what Levis is and then how the escalation was on the play. It was like a 5% jump on the players uh, b- before them, right? Right, because Levis was what sixty and a half percent. So you yeah, would, you know, I thought seventy percent would kind of feel like the floor for what Porter would get. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I had it as a you know after Levis signed, I, I figured it would come in anywhere between sixty-five and seventy-five percent. And if it's okay. seventy, then that's right in the middle. I can't foresee it being higher than seventy-five, but uh, we'll we'll find out here and, and pass along the word to the people here. Probably by the time uh, I don't know Monday or whatnot. And then for the injuries, again, we'll get a a lay of the land tomorrow, not expecting anything major before practice begins. But as we start every training camp podcast, essentially, we talk about, um, you know, whatever the injury recap of the day is, whoever might get hurt in practice, whoever might be not working fully will be on top of that tomorrow. But as you said, good play, even Pat Frymuth, because he was Mm -hmm. limited this spring. And so for him to be healthy, I thought maybe he'd be kind of one of those surprise, quote unquote, PUP names, but uh, this team's good to go. And just to be clear for everybody listening now, uh, once these guys practice for the first time, if, if any of them tweak an ankle or, or, or worse, God forbid, they are no longer eligible to go on PUP or, or NFI. 
Okay, so uh, that that's a stipulation. There. That's why teams put players on PUP or, or NFI. They're called active PUP, active NFI list. Uh, but you you can't you know once you practice. In, in training camp, you're no longer eligible for those things. Uh, uh, so that's important to keep that in mind moving forward. So if a player gets hurt, you know, if it's going to be a long-term or God forbid a season injury, they would have to go to IR or just start the season injured because they're no longer eligible to go on P- PUP or NFI. Right. An important clarification. We get that question a couple of times during each camp. And so it's good to say that on uh, the outset. All right, Dave, other news of the day, Mike Tomlin, not re- reportedly, at least not getting a contract extension that comes from Jerry Dulac, who says that it's not uh, an alarming thing, but they're just going to do the standard procedure of Tomlin uh, getting his new deal a year out, which would make it this time next year would be roughly the moment whenever he might get that contract extension. His current deal, which was signed back in April of 2021, will run through the 2024 season. So Dulac made it very clear um, that confidence remains high in Mike Tom, that job security remains high, but no extension for Tomlin. Tomlin asked about that at his press conference and he could not care less about his contract <laughs> status. Uh, it was a kind of a kind of a flex. What did he say exactly? Uh, I don't care about contracts at this stage of my career. So kind of a baller move from a guy that probably is where he's got the best job security in all of sports. Yeah, look, I don't think there's a, a, a ton to read into this overall. Uh uh, when, when it comes to this situation, he said, particularly, what did he say here? He said, find a quote here real quick. Uh, wow. I he he says, it. wow, I hadn't even thought thought about uh, that. He says, you know, I'm just at the stage of my career, man. I don't care about contracts, to be honest with you. I acknowledge I've seen more days than I'm going to see. You know, he says, that's the nature of this thing. I'm appreciative of the opportunity. I'm singularly, singularly focused. I'm thankful that I'm at a stage in life and in my career where that's a non-issue uh, for me. Now, uh, I think at this point we should, you know, I, 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 I would speak with 92% confidence that he'll get an extension next off season. However, comma, if this thing goes way, way, way sideways for whatever reason. And, and you're talking about a, I don't know, three or 14, three and 14 season or something. I, you know, uh, maybe there'll be, maybe there'll be some discussion there, but uh, uh, I don't think either one of us can see that from, from where I sit right now. I would, I would expect this time next year for us to be talking about Mike Tomlin having an extension. Yeah, me as well. I've said a couple of times, and I'm sure you probably agree that just like Bill Cower, just like Chuck Knoll, Mike Tomlin will get to coach in Pittsburgh until he doesn't want to coach anymore. And it feels like he wants to continue coaching for quite some time. He'll get to go out, go out on his terms, not be dictated. And essentially, he's never going to be fired right or wrong. That's probably the expectation. Although you're right, if, if not even let's assume it's not a disaster three and 14 season. Let's just assume for a second this team does not make the postseason. The conversation will continue to, to swell and grow around this team's lack of postseason success. But sure. um, more to the point, again, I expect Tomlin to have a new deal by about this time uh, one year from now. There will be a lot of talk after this season if this team, especially if they finish below 500 and and don't make the playoffs for whatever reason. Uh, uh, you know, obviously you hope it's not multiple injury related. I mean, that, that kind of builds in a little bit of an excuse there, I guess, if that happens there, but you can count on there being a lot of speculation. Does Mike Tomlin deserve, uh, uh, a contract? 
contract extension after right. not making the playoffs all those years and all. But that that'll be, you know, we got a whole season to go before you know we start talking about that. But I mean, w- within that, the it's going to be a topical discussion now because there was so much speculation heading into uh, this week that he would get an, uh, a a you know, a contract extension, uh, particularly announced today, more than likely. But it didn't happen. I, I know neither of us may know the answer to this without doing our classic look it up middle of the episode, but had Tomlin ever gotten an extension two years out before, or has it always truly been a year out with every extension that he's gotten in the past? Do we know that for sure or not? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say there was one time in there at least, but uh, that's what I thought. Uh, that he got it two years out. I, but I, I don't want to speak wrong on it. I don't okay. have all, all the dates in front of me. Yeah. Point is, though, not a concern for Tomlin, and I don't think it's going to be much of an actual talking point uh, in terms of will he, won't he come next summer? And it may come in the spring because his last one came in April of 2021. So this could be, you know, after for agency before the draft where that thing uh, gets done. So if it hasn't happened by this time a year from now, probably something to talk about uh, once camp begins in 2024. Until then, it's a non-story for me. All right. All right, moving on now. Uh, what else Mike Tomlin had to say? Probably not a lot. I think he even kind of made the joke. You guys are asking me some pretty heavy questions that I might not have the answers to right now as we embark on the uh, first day of training camp. But talked about Kenny Pickett and his attitude and leadership and all those things being positive. Mentioned Najee Harris continuing to be a leader. Um, anything else from Tomlin that, that stuck out to you, Dave? Yeah, just uh, made sure to point out and it was obvious things that they, they expect to be balanced on offense. They need more explosive plays uh, where we heard that before. I mean, that, <laughs> it's, it's, we're not breaking any news uh, w- when it comes to that, nor nor did Mike Tomlin really with, with anything that he said. I think he just kind of laid out there uh, and, and, you know, he doesn't know what some of these things are even going to look at like whether, you know, and whether or not to, to, to be excited or potentially disappointed because there are so many unknowns right now. And that's why you sort these things. That's what camp is for to kind of, uh, figure some of these things out. So, uh, yeah, look, I mean, we're, we're going to learn, I think we're going to learn a lot about this team during training camp and, and he obviously will as well. I think the one thing that stuck out for me with Tomlin, and it's one of those things I guess you kind of have to say that you're not worried about, but Tomlin was pretty adamant he's not concerned about all the new pieces defensively creating any sort of communication issues. And I've had that concern throughout the summer, all those hubs of communication, the new faces, whether it's Colt Holcomb at slot corner, which is uncertain, at strong safety with Terrell Edmonds gone to Philadelphia. Um, Tomlin pretty confident it won't be an issue. I wish I could share that confidence, but we're going to have to wait and see on my end. Uh, the good thing is, and he pointed out, a lot of these guys have played a lot of football. So you just kind of, uh, you hope that that, that, you know, the, the experience that those guys are, look, I, you know, several of these guys obviously, uh, uh, seem, uh, above the ears to, to, to be fine when it comes, comes to that regard, you got a lot of higher pedigree, uh, draft, you know, high drafted players within that mix as well too. And, uh, you know, you got Casey coming back uh, again and obviously Minka back and, uh, you know, at least you do have some, some guys returning. I'm less worried about the, you know, even though I say that 
that, you know, you got those hit, you know, those veteran guys in the secondary and all like that. I'm a little less worried about the upfront guys, even though you've got some turnover on that defensive line and all, because I think even TJ Watt talked today about, uh, you know, him and Alex Highsmith, you know, got little, they could just look at each other almost, right. uh, and, and know whether or not one's going inside or something like that. you and they have hand signals and all like that. And obviously Cam Hayward's going to make sure, uh, he gets people lined up, you know, where, where, where they need to be and that kind of stuff. So, you know, if there was any, any positions of concern, it would be at, you know, inside linebacker because you got two, you know, two new pieces there in Holcomb and, and Alanda Roberts. And, and obviously, uh, you could have some youth in, you know, you figure to have youth in the secondary at some point along with those veteran guys. So that's what training camps for, right. To try to work out those bugs as, as best as you can. Right. It's not like an inside linebacker. There's even an old head that was a backup that can be there to tell you how things are done. You know, I mean, Mark Robinson returns, but obviously, you know, he's a second year guy. So I think there's going to be a challenge there. And you're right. Defensive line run game, less of an issue. And I'm not I think it's not going to be the issue it was for the offense last year, which was you know much more youthful. I don't think it's going to be this take half the season to figure out like it did for the offense. But I could see the defense having those issues the first couple weeks of the year and in a very tightly contested AFC and very tightly contested AFC North, you lose a game or two that you shouldn't have or a game that where you're leading late and you blow a coverage that can alter your season. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that's, that's still my concern, but obviously Tomlin has been around this group and he's right. It's a group that's played a lot of football and we'll see how quickly they all come together. And as we saw a couple of years ago, you know, those not only were they giving up explosive plays, they were giving up like double explosive plays. And then not only that, they ran it up in the end zone. So right. uh, if you're going to have a mis- you know, what, what, what did they, you know, if they're uh, hopefully if they're all, if they're wrong, they're all wrong or, or <laughs> right. If, if one's wrong, we're all wrong. Kind right. Of right. Uh, uh, you just hope that, you know, that doesn't lead into, you know, explosive game changing uh, type plays, especially late games, because this team figures to probably be in a, uh, a lot of late game, uh, close, close game situations there where one blown coverage may might by the defense might very well make the difference uh, in, 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 in a, in a game and make no, you know, like you said too, you know, you, you tend to see these things earlier in the season uh, and, you know, we expect this defense to be, you know, tight right out of the shoot. They're going to have to be if they're going to win some of these games. Especially in week one against the 49ers team that's very schematically sound and well coached by by Kyle Shanahan. And it sounds very much like Brock Purdy will be their, their starter in week one. He's been cleared for training camp and, you know, basically just a step away from being announced as starter. So I think about that 49ers game, although Pittsburgh is at home and that's a benefit out of the gate, I think will be a really big test for how well the Steelers defense can communicate. Right. So, uh, look, I mean, this defense is put together to, 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 to play well this year. Yeah. And they got to play well. That's for sure. Dave, I know we've talked about it a couple of times and you had referenced this earlier in the week. You knew that whenever Najee Harris would arrive today, that he'd be asked about the state of the running back market and the comments that he's made, the comments, the running back group at large across the NFL has made. Um, you know, Harris speaking today saying that he has no vendetta. There is no grudge against the Steelers. He's been treated well. Of course, there's been no contract talks right now as a, as a rookie going into his third year, but um, he feels like the running back position has no security and continues to speak out in favor of changing something, what that thing is, who's to say, but changing something so that running backs can get fairer pay. 
you know, it went, uh, I don't think it could have gone. I, I have not heard the whole entire interview, but I've heard enough of it, especially with, uh, you know, him speaking on that matter. Uh, and then I also listened to the one Nick Chubb gave the other day uh, on the matter. And I don't think Najee could have done a better job there. Now, uh, there's been some pushback on social media to uh, people say, man, I, you know, just shut up and play, you know, uh, quit talking about it. You got to earn, you know, you know, all the stuff that kind of comes with any time a player talks, talks about money here. But uh, you have to remember that this is a, you know, he owes it to the running back fraternity. He owns, owes it to the NFLPA uh, with this being such a topical discussion. And look, this, this discussion just is not, you know, about Najee Harris. This is about a, a position group across the league. And it has been very topical uh, the a couple weeks ahead of uh, training camp starting. You knew that once some of these backs got into camp on the heels of what happened with the other three franchise tag running backs, they were going to be asked about it. Uh, I have no issue with anything that Najee said. I thought he was very did a very good job of also making sure to separate the church from the state. In other mm -hmm. words, in other words, saying, look, I, you know, I'm not on the Steelers for this, you know, Omar, uh, uh, Tomlin, uh, uh, Rooney, everybody, you know, they're, they're treating me fine, but this is more aimed at the NFL in general here. You know, my issue is not with the Steelers in particular. It's just, you know, he, uh, he hates the, he, he hates the, the game, not the player, you know, uh, uh, so, uh, so to speak there. Uh, once again, I, you know, you probably could have asked me ahead of time what he was going to say, and I could have kept pretty uh, gotten pretty pretty dang close to what he actually said there. Uh, I don't think anybody should have an issue with with how with what he said or how he said it or the manner that he said it uh, upon reporting to camp. Now, I will say this: he has. He knew he was going to have to talk about this at, at the start of camp, right? He was prepared sure. to talk about it and all like that. He has answered the questions on it now. Uh, moving forward into camp, sure, there might be one or two more questions about it. But I think the proper thing for him to do at this point would be, you know what? I've already addressed that. I addressed that purposefully at the start of camp. So I didn't have so I wouldn't have to address that. Uh, once camp got underway, you guys all know how I feel about it. I, I, I think I made myself clear the other day. So let's, you know, I, I know I no longer want to answer questions about that. And he pretty much even, I think, said, you know, uh, uh, during his media scrum that, you know, he knows that there's really not not, not much they can they can right. do about it there. But it's still his job. Uh, as a member of the NFLPA and, and, and the running back for fraternity to speak his mind on it. And he's done that. So once again, no issue with 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 what he had to say in in in, in, in the manner that he said or what he said. Uh, I just I would I would like to see him put an end to that if if this lingers into more questions about it moving forward. Does that make sense? It does. I I wouldn't have a problem though personally if Harris continued to talk about it. I think one of the probably thoughts for the running back position is we have to keep talking about it. We can't have it be a, a side story before football starts. And then we don't talk about it for an entire season. Everyone kind of forgets about it. You restart the cycle um, come the off season. My only thought there is I'm not sure what there's left to say or to well, be that, asked. That's exactly, that's that you, you're exactly, well, you hit on it. I mean, what, right. what is, what is left to say other than rehashing 
things that he's already said at this point. And at that point, I don't think that that's when you run the run. That's that's when you run into the, the possibility of, of being hung by the tongue, by your own tongue. But well, you said because it was, you know, if you change up anything that you said, then it goes well back here. You said this, you know, that right. well, I, I, I think he just shouldn't change the message. Just and he doesn't have to say it every single time, but occasionally still, you know, get that fact out to that we deserve to be paid. I mean, I, I'm OK with that. Yeah, I would just I I, I think he now that he said his piece and look, yeah, he'll well you know, once camp gets underway and his next media scrum might might one or two more of those questions trickle mm-hmm. in on that. Okay, that's fine. Answer those. But at some point I th- personally uh, and and maybe listeners will will, will will take it. I most of the listeners don't even like us talking about it at this point. They they probably think mm-hmm. we've we've talked about it too much at this point. But uh I just think at some point here early on in training camp, you just need to draw the line on it and say, look, you know, you, I, I said what I said. Uh, let's let's move on. Right. And I do think, obviously, once football begins and there's really, you know, football things to talk about, those questions are going to subside and it's going to become a footnote if really even mentioned again. Because if I'm a reporter, I don't even know what else to, to ask the guy. He's already been asked about it during OTAs. We talked about it today. There's going to be football things to discuss. I think it's going to kind of be a moot point. but. Um, I think Najee's done a really good job of, of saying his piece, and I like Najee Harris said he'll tell you what he truly thinks, and it's not just full of canned answers, and he'll give you his honest opinion without making himself look bad or making the team look bad or anything that's going to drum up some sort of crazy controversy and be front page headline news. So I think Najee certainly has that right to advocate for himself, to advocate for the position. I think he's articulated it extremely well. And um, hopefully he has a good season and you take it from there. So um, I thought Najee's handled himself extremely well throughout this entire process. Yeah. The best thing he can do right now is just go on out and have a healthy season and yep. lead, the, lead the league in rushing and, you know, put up 1700 total yards from scrimmage and about 14 touchdowns. And that'll make a strong point. What did you think, not to get too much in the weeds about this, but Saquon Barkley has now reached a deal and it was a little (laughs) bit weird with just a tiny bit, a sliver of incentives added to his contract to get him to, I guess, sign the tag under those updated modified terms. What are your thoughts on that, Dave? Yeah, that, uh, that looked a little cheap to me. That that looked like uh, all right. I'll I'll grab that cash real quick. Uh, and it, and it was like only what like a, a nine hundred thousand nine hundred an extra mm-hmm. nine hundred thousand, and I think it's in incentives too. All incentives. Yeah, yeah, all, I think it's a couple of different levels, but I think a lot of it's tied to whether or not the Giants make the playoffs. Right. Uh, and and then, you know, a two million dollar signing bonus. Uh, in other words, he gets that now as opposed to, you know, throughout the season at all. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he wasn't going to get that money. He just gets it now, you know, now mm-hmm. uh, instead of later. That's, you know, uh, I guess there are some advantages of, of that. Uh, to, to, to But it, it, it just seemed like it just seemed like an. Uh, 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 an easy take to get him into camp, I guess, you know, I, I, I think he would have been better served to make his point to at least let, let this hold out or let his hold in, or, you know, he hadn't even said it's not anything because he, he hadn't signed, he hadn't signed the franchise tag right at that point. So right. what, what, like he was breaking any rules. I think I would have just made him sweat a little bit longer, you know, uh, when it, when it comes to that, but it, uh, it, he didn't get much for agreeing to sign his franchise tag and get into camp. 
Yeah, it was a bit peculiar overall, but that's now, I guess, finalized in New York. And so now you wait on Josh Jacobs. Now you wait on Tony Pollard, see what those guys do. I imagine they're going to miss most of the camp and probably probably report right before the season begins, a la Le'Veon Bell in 2017. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what else did any other Steeler have to say? A lot of them speaking today, including several rookies, including uh, Kenny Pickett. Anything else that caught your ear, Dave? I mean, I thought it was the perfect, uh, and that was one of the things that I had in my three things to look for. You know, all of the three things that I had to look forward to got answered <laughs> uh, <laughs> on reporting day. One was whether or not, you know, Tomlin uh, get an extension. Uh, uh, the second one was uh, Najee's uh, nod uh, to the running back market. And the uh, I think the, was it the third one about Pickett? Oh no, was the pup, pup. pup. Yeah. I, I like your pup a, up in a way. You always have good, good titles for those. Well, you know, a blind squirrel f- finds a nut every <laughs> once in a while. There, uh, I did have one in there that I, I took out of because I was trying to get the five, but I couldn't think of a fifth one, so I took the fourth one out. The fourth one was uh, the the uh, the picket preamble. Uh, was what I was going to call mm. uh, uh, that one there. Just uh, look, you know, it's good, you know, been a been a busy summer for for Kenny Pickett. It's a lot different uh, summer uh, and off season than he had. Obviously, his rookie season. Just kind of uh, looking forward to the Kenny Pickett State of the Union address, if you will. And I thought he handled it real good. He, you know, and that's something I've said several times. You know, even during his rookie season, man, it doesn't feel like that kid. Uh, uh, is was a rookie at times the way he talked and all, and he really didn't seem like it uh, during his media scrum uh, on Wednesday as well too. You know, I thought he did a good job talking about, yeah, you know, I hang out with the offensive linemen and go out to dinners with them, and uh, you know, tr- the camaraderie that they have with them, and talking about how you know the expectations and and, and most importantly, and it's it's it, it, it it's not it's not news, but it was an expectation that uh, he will he sh- and and should have a little bit bigger say in what he likes, doesn't like as far as offense goes and and say in the weekly game plan. And he said that's kind of his expectations uh, moving into the 2023 season and that, you know, he knows they need to be balanced on offense. But within that, you know, uh, they're still going to have to throw the ball and they're going to have to push the football uh, down the field as well there too. So uh, really, you know, I thought it was a very, he thinks his arm strength is actually a little bit better. Something that he said, you know, he thinks that that's happened every off season, I guess, uh, uh, you know, I guess dating back to, uh, to Pitt there. And, you know, we we know for a fact, thanks to Tony Rassiope that he's, he's been putting in the work and, you know, down in Florida working out with the guys. And that's just, part of going back so we opened the show with talking about you know can't you know how how could this offseason have gone any better you know mm-hmm. uh and especially when when it when it comes to him and you know at this point now you know, get into camp and start working on the things that you learned and and and, and instituted in uh otas and mandatory mini camp and hopefully you can pick right up where you left off in the mandatory mini camp and really hit the ground running, uh, in, you know, these next three weeks. Yeah. Everything good from Kenny Pickett there. I really want to see from him starting tomorrow throughout this whole process is just how, how different it feels to see Kenny Pickett out there. You know, this time last year, he's the third string guy. He's the rookie. He's just trying to figure things out for himself, his own playbook, his own goals. Now that he is the leader, he is the starter. He is the face of the Steelers offense and really in large part of face of this franchise. How does he 
you know, show that leadership. I remember him talking about, you know, he didn't he didn't feel like he had permission to truly lead last year until he was named the starter. And I understand that when you're the backup, you don't want to feel like you're big timing a guy like Mitch Trubisky. And so all through camp last year, he was the backup. So I just want to see how he interacts, how that leadership may may show itself in big ways and small ways and ways that I may not even be able to notice. But I really want to see that from Kenny Pickett and maybe learn about that um, in year number two, because I think it's going to be a big part of his game. Look, he gets an A plus 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 for the offseason. So now, uh, you know, what you got for the season now? Right, and uh, hopefully a lot because they're going to need him to to, uh, to uh, take that second year jump. Uh, elsewhere, Kevin Dotson, just a brief uh, quote from Steelers.com, but an inter- interesting one talking about him needing to work on the mental aspect, and that's the thing he'll be trying to accomplish this summer. I'm not even sure if it's going to be enough, even if he does work on that and, and you know cutting down mental mistakes, missed assignments, and obviously too many penalties last season. But Kevin Dodson with the admission of what he has to work on. Yeah. Uh, and you'll probably got to get a little bit deeper into that playbook and uh, the understanding of that boy, the penalties, uh, uh, how many false starts were there last year with him? Uh, there was a bunch of ineligible downfields. So I can right. look up how many that he had. I think he had, I think our Jeremy Pike road had 12 penalties in total. I can see what I'm the gonna, actual four false right starts. Now. Yeah. Four false starts for holdings last year. Let's see, 12 in total. One was declined. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, four false starts. Uh, ineligible downfield three times. One, two, three, four holdings. Yeah, he uh, and an unne- and a unnecessary roughness in a pear tree. Pear tree, yes. <laughs> you don't want the 12 days of Christmas on your penalty sheet, that's for sure. Uh, look, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes for him, right? I mean... If he, if he sticks, you know, if he's not traded, you know, uh, you got to like his chances of making a 53, I think, you know, but we'll see. It just depends if he's going to be your third string guard behind Herbig, then, you know, do you justify the contract? You probably still keep him because A, you're not, you know, hurting cap wise and B, you never know how quickly depth can be tested, but. We'll see. I think so, you know teams around the league are going to lose offensive linemen, and his name's got to come up in trade talks if he's running, you know, mm. behind and playing in the second half in preseason games. You know, uh, pro personnel directors around the league is going to see Kevin Dotson, a you know full time starter for Pittsburgh last year, playing in the fourth quarter against Tampa Bay or whatever, and and say let's let's give these guys a call and see what's up. So you know we'll just see we'll just see what happens. Look, he could be playing for a starting job for thirty one different teams this uh, this this off season. You know. Because right. once again, you don't know how injuries work out and and all like that. So this is an important training camp and 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 preseason for him, uh, you know, uh, for obvious reasons. One note from Mike Tomlin related to the offensive line, though it really comes as no surprise. Uh, Tomlin said he assumes that Dan Moore Jr. will take the first reps at the uh, first team left tackle tomorrow, which you know is to be expected to have the veteran work over the rookie and Broderick Jones. We know that Moore versus Jones really the top camp battle to watch, but it should be Dan Moore. So don't be alarmed when I come back tomorrow and tell you, Dave, but Dan Moore was taking first team reps at left tackle. I got my I got my shock face on. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting down for that information. Some I people, am. though, I think just intuitively think, okay, Jones is the pick. He's going to be the guy from the get go. Not going to work that way in Pittsburgh. No, nah, and we'll see how it goes. You know, uh, uh, I you know, I, I think if you're a betting person, at least at this point right now, assuming they they stay healthy, is that Dan Moore will open up Week One. Yeah, I mean, I've gone back and forth. I had an article where I leaned with Jones, but 
you know, I wrote back even before the summer that I think Dan Moore is going to, you know, really give Jones a great fight. And I really wouldn't be shocked to see this thing go either way. So I think it's truly an open competition. Okay. Uh, one note, uh, I don't know if George Pickens actually, in terms of us hearing from George Pickens, but there was a note from the Post-Gazette that uh, George Pickens' new roommate is Alan Robinson. And you had the tweet, I think it's a great point, just a, a fantastic pairing to put a second-year young guy like Pickens with a veteran like Alan Robinson. That's why you go trade for Alan Robinson, for obviously what he can do on the field and in, in the slot and zone beater, but for that veteran presence and to take Pickens hopefully under his wing and kind of just talk about what being a professional and, and that's not a slight against him. It's just any young guy can, can learn from that. So um, Mike Tomlin always loves those roommate pairings. The game within the game that mm-hmm. we, that, that probably sometimes you don't pay it enough attention to. And, and I did tweet out that I thought that was a great pairing uh, there because what happens if, you know, God forbid uh, Pickens strings together, maybe a bad practice or two, you know, right. which will happen and players have ups okay. and downs. And what if uh, what if Pickens? Uh, what's what about the flip side of that? What if Pickens strings together four fantastic, <laughs> uh, uh, all you know, first team All Pro type of, of practices together? To have a guy uh, in there that's been around like Allen Robinson uh, is he can he can keep George Pickens from getting too high and too low, you know, mm-hmm. and and just uh, help him understand that that there's probably going to be some ebbs and flows uh, in this thing. And just learning about, you know, probably tell him about life in the NFL, period, and what to expect off the field and, uh, you know, what what you know, just just the little intricacies that, that, you know, even though George Pickens has been in the, in the league for a year, uh, probably hasn't picked up on. And, and, you know, we talked during the offseason. Yeah, you got Deontay Johnson that's been around for a while, but Deontay Johnson's not that kind of prototypical. Uh, Deontay Johnson believes in leading by example. You know, probably, mm-hmm. probably not as much as, and he's still a relatively young guy himself. If, we, if you, if you boil it down, you know, sure. uh, when, when it comes to that. So why not, uh, have your, the guy that you went out and traded for has been in the league veteran guy, uh, like Alan Robinson, why not have him for, especially for his first trip, uh, to, to Latrobe and the kind of the newness to, for him to have a young, uh, 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 hi, how, how, how are you young kids doing? You know, uh, <laughs> how do you do uh, fellow kids? Yeah, yeah. How do you do yeah. fellow kids type situation there? So uh, how much will it mean in the grand scheme of things? You know, obviously I don't know the answer to that, but I'll tell you this. It, I don't think it's going to hurt. <laughs> no, not at all. And it's, you know, the, the, the really good Steelers offenses have had those kind of guys, whether it's Darius Hayward Bay or Jericho Cotchery, um, you know, to, to be that leader, even, even if they weren't the number one guy in that room, what I like most about Robinson from that leadership aspect is this guy's done it all. He's been a first round pick. He's been, you know, a thousand yard receiver, big time dynamic guy. He's had his role reduced. He's been a free agent. Uh, he's been hurt. He's been traded for a bag of footballs, essentially. So this guy brings a lot of life experiences. He's not just been the star of his whole career that can't relate to a guy struggling. He's not been the backup that can't relate to the, 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 you know, a microscope that's on you the way it'll be on George Pickens this year as a starter. So Robinson can just talk about everything because he's been through everything. And those are valuable stories that he can tell Pickens and the rest of this uh, wide receiver room. I, I agree. And that's why that uh, that tweet by uh, Brian Batcoat stuck out to me. So uh, interested, in, in, interested to learn maybe some of these other pairings that are going on. 
Yeah. Anything else here from what players had to say? Marvin Leal essentially confirming he'll be versatile. Again, I don't want to beat the dead horse. We'll finally get eyes on him tomorrow to start talking about that a little bit. But uh, Leal basically saying that he's going to be inside guy, outside guy. We'll see how it looks beginning Thursday. I tell you, uh, uh, at least that's another argument for not keeping a fifth outside linebacker because he has, you know, yeah, he does have some, you know, he he does have that versatility and all and uh, should have a better idea what's going on. Uh, Poor guy. uh, I said this couple of podcasts as well, too. Poor guy moved around so much, probably doesn't know uh, what what position he is. And for Mm -hmm. him to be able to do that and, and for them to be able to depend on him to to move around as much as he did. Yeah, I think that speaks a little bit there to 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 uh, uh, to him. Yeah, I'm with you. So we'll see how things look starting tomorrow. And honest TJ Watt saying that it's been far too long since his team has won a playoff game. He says, quote, we know the end goal is to win a Super Bowl. And in order to do that, we have to start winning playoff games. It's been too long in truer words, not spoken. No playoff win since 2016. TJ Watt himself has never won a playoff game. And hopefully that changes this year. Look, there's a big carrot. Uh, they, 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 and I'm sure Mike Tomlin has let that unit know, especially them veterans, what's expected of them this year. And if this team is going to win, you know, 10, 11, 12 games and, 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 and make the playoff and not only make the playoffs, but win one, uh, the defense is going to have to play a big, big part in that. Yeah, they will. I mean, it, it is, and it's not, we're not blaming anyone directly, but Kim Hayward's playoff record is one and six and TJ Watt, I think is zero and three. I mean, those things just hurt you because you want to see these, you know, great uh, foundational players of your franchise have that playoff success and be able to use that as, as learning uh, as teaching moments, I should say to younger guys. So that has certainly been a frustrating point. And um, again, I think everyone, at least the veterans are well aware of that fact. Yeah, I agree. Anything else from the players here? I think that's kind of all the things I wanted to hit on from uh, the players that we heard from today. I'm sure we'll hear from more uh, every day uh, throughout training camp. Yeah, those are the ones that stuck out to me, I think, the most. All right, Dave, I do want to mention, uh, you probably want to mention it uh, as well. Uh, One tight end got paid today, not in Pittsburgh, but Chicago Bears tight end Cole Komet getting a pretty hefty contract. And I think the uh, phrase for Pat Frymuth is the price just went up. Yeah. uh, And look, there were two guys that I'm watching. I, you know, I, I said in a previous article that I wrote earlier in the offseason, two tight ends that we were watching. Uh, what's going to happen with their contracts between now and week one? One was Cole Komet, uh, and the other one was TJ Hawkinson of, of, of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Komet got his new deal uh, today. Looks like it's uh, four uh, additional years for uh, 50 million new money. If indeed that, that those numbers are correct, then we're looking at uh, $12.5 million new money average. And, you know, well, Firemuth is damn near outperformed uh, Komet, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, uh, in only two years versus Komet's uh, three years there. So, you know, if, 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 if Firemuth has a, 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 a season similar to his first two, well, <laughs> uh, he's most definitely going to want uh, at, you know, more than, than uh, a new money average, more than uh commit just got. Now it'll be interesting to see what a Hawkinson uh, deal comes in. I would think that that deal's not too far away to be kind of, kind of, uh, he's probably, probably waiting for the commit deal to get done to kind of, kind of work off that. So I, I would say easily before week one, we should know what uh, Hawkinson has, but I think really now at this point, 
the floor when it comes to to Pat Firemuth, unless something just drastic happens in 2023, when you're looking ahead to next off season is, is, you know, the negotiation starts at 12 and a half million new money average uh, with him. And uh, quite honestly, I, I'm almost resigned to thinking that it's probably going to, to, to start at about $14 million from where I sit now. It's a big number for sure. Now to be clear, this is a, a next year thing at the earliest right. with Friar move. They can't even do an extension this off season. Correct. Right. It's going to be three years in the NFL. Right. 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 He, okay. they, they couldn't sign up to an extension right now if they wanted to. So just to be clear, but looking ahead, because there really aren't any other contract extensions this year for Pittsburgh to talk about for us to think about. So we're already looking forward to Najee Harris's fifth year option next year, whether or not that's picked up and then the Friar move extension. So uh, today's news not important now, but will be a year from now. Yeah, once again, we'll 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 have a better idea of what that uh, tight end market's shaping up to be after after Hawkinson gets his deal done. Right, and that should uh, top commit, and that'll re re raise the market again. All right, Dave. Um, on the last podcast on Monday, you and I went over my fifty three man roster Steelers prediction. We're going to try to keep the podcast a bit shorter today, just to get this thing out there, since we are recording later. So. Just kind of walk me through, because you had your roster prediction come out today, some of the differences. I see a couple names here that are on your roster that were not on mine. So kind of just walk us through that if you could. Yeah, the quarterbacks, everybody should know. Pickett, Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, no surprise there. I, did, did we differ in the third running back there? I we have, did. Okay. I went Graham. Okay, I have Darius Hagens. I think he's put together a little bit better. I think he's got enough specialty. Now, look, uh, a couple of times in this prediction, I, I, I could have very easily to player to be named later. <laughs> in other, in other <laughs> words, but I wanted to keep it uh, working off of the 90 man roster uh, uh, overall. Uh, I do. Uh, if you're if any of you listening are concerned that I might get this 100 percent right. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's not <laughs> it's not going to be. It never is uh, there. But for for all practical purposes, I wanted to work off the current 90 man roster, which, by the way, thank you, students, for making my 90 and 30 series be 90 and 30 and not making any moves since I uh, started it there. But uh, obviously, there's going to be some shuffling on this 90 moving into camp. I have Darius Hagens right now as as what I view as potentially uh I think has a chance to be that third option. Uh, and, 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 you know, he played a little, little bit. What, what was the uh, college uh, Virginia uh, state Virginia state, I believe. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, but uh, you know, just, just looking at kind of his tape and, and his background and uh, you know, you probably want that uh, third running back to help you out somewhere on special teams. I think he has the ability to do that. You know, hopefully he won't be the first running back out the door or, or something like that. He's obviously got to stay healthy throughout camp, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I think that would be that's an interesting choice for me that obviously differs from you. Yeah, I like Hagens, though. I'm with you. I think it'll be I think it'll be one of the two rookies that makes it, whether it's Graham or Hagens. We'll see. And you're right. Hagens is a bigger kind of more stockier build, which is more in line with what Pittsburgh looks for compared to somebody like Alfonso Graham. So I think it's going to be a really fun battle. What fullback you have the same with Connor right. Hayward, whatever you want to call him, receiver the same, tight end the same, offensive line, a, a small change there. You have what, Laraven Clark and no Spencer Anderson? Uh, I, and I think I kept 10, didn't I? Did you keep nine or did you keep 10? I don't remember, to be honest with you. I want to say I probably kept 10 because 
Or no, I left Dots. I left Kevin Dotson off, so I only kept nine. Okay, okay. We're, we're pretty different there. I, I have nine there. First and foremost, my my uh, I did go with uh, Ryan McCollum as a backup center for 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 right now. Uh, I'm interested to see if guys like either Herbig or Spencer Anderson can get some time at center. Uh, I obviously don't think Kendrick Green's going to last, uh, so he's not in this group. Uh, so. I do have uh, Chukwama Korofor, Dan Moore Jr., James Daniels, Mason Cole, Isaac Sayamalo, Broderick Jones, Nate Herbig. No surprises there. Uh, and then I, we just talked about Kevin Dotson earlier in the show. If Kevin Dotson survives and isn't traded, I can see him uh, being on this team. And then I also have them for now. I'm not married to this, but keeping an, an extra uh, 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 swing tackle in, in LaRaven Clark with the hopes that we never have to see him. <laughs> I'm know? just going to say that. Yeah, right. You know, but he could potentially be a veteran inactive guy there. So quite honestly, am I one heavy here at 10? More than likely. But looking at the rest of the way that I put this thing together it, 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 it and with Kevin Dotson still in Pittsburgh, I couldn't find myself cutting him uh, just yet. Uh, and also when my questions about center forced me to put Ryan McCollum in there. So my hope is that Spencer Anderson shows that uber versatility throughout camp that he can play center guard and, and, and tackle that he, he makes it where you have to keep him. And then he can, you know, you, you only keep nine at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Dotson, as you mentioned, kind of in that, Weird limbo and Clark. You're right. I mean, especially if Dan Moore would have win the left tackle job, then, you know, do you want Jones to be your swing guy? I mean, obviously he's a more talented guy than Clark, but I just really wonder how much time on the right side Jones will see this summer. Maybe some, but I think he's going to concentrate on that left tackle spot. So are you going to let Jones be that potential backup right tackle after getting very little time in the summer? I don't know if you're comfortable with that. That may increase the chances of a guy like Clark who can play both sides makes this team initially. Yeah, look, if I if there's a position group that I'm not going to nail, it's probably this one. Fair enough. Defensive line, the same overall, I believe, the same six defensive linemen, inside linebacker, also the same with the five uh, of those guys, uh, outside linebacker. Did, did you keep both Muse and Kwiatkowski? I did, yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if they're all going to make it. I didn't know who to eliminate, though, so they all stay for now. Yeah, I think the upside on Muse and Kwiatkowski are obviously – Kwiatkowski definitely has uh, defensive playing experience, although I don't think he played a defensive snap last year. But both Muse and Kwiatkowski should be uh, – uh, yeah, if they make the roster, they would be probably core special teamers. You know? Right, right. Outside linebacker, you're keeping – Four. Nobody different, right? You're just you're only going with the four and no uh, David Perales or anybody like that. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I think Perales, I've talked about him that uh, you know, I like the motor. I'm interested in watching playing. I just, uh, if he can't show anything on special teams, uh, I, don't, I don't see the, I would rather spend a roster spot somewhere else, put Perales on the practice squad because obviously I think Nick Herbig is going to play a big part in special teams. And we talked at the top of the show about that versatility, break glassing if you need to with DeMarvin Leal. Uh, uh, kind of situation there. So I have them keeping four. Watt, Highsmith, Marcus Golden, and Nick Herbig uh, to go along with the five line inside linebackers. Should we talk about Quincy Roche any more than what we have? I mean, Pittsburgh liked him enough to bring him back. Yeah, I just, uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't see him making it. Okay. Cornerback, you are a bit different here. You're adding James Pierre. So you have the same five that I did, but adding Pierre. So your thoughts on keeping him? 
Uh, special teams, man. Special teams with him. Uh, and it's going to be obviously interesting Interesting to see how the uh, slot corner uh, job plays out. This is definitely a, uh, pos- a position uh, of slot corner where you could potentially see someone from the outside maybe being brought in and maybe even costing a guy like Chandon uh, Sullivan uh, his job uh, overall there. So uh, can, can a guy like Corey Trice Jr. Uh, maybe make enough noise on special teams to make a guy like James Pierre expendable? I suppose there's that, that's plausible uh, there, but uh, I, I really like what Pierre does on special teams, and that's that's why I kept the group that I did. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, Pierre's hung around and he's carved out that, that role well and have to see how the rookies do. I mean, Trice is, while a more talented than I think average seventh round pick, he is still a seventh round rookie and have to see how he looks. So I, I get that there at safety, just four. Uh, who, if you had to keep a fifth, who, who do you think it would have been? Yeah, I, it would have been Trey Norwood. There, there, there's okay. no question. Uh, but I, you know, uh, and this once again, if you if if you if you ran into a situation where you could keep one less uh, offensive lineman, might this be an area that you consider uh, maybe uh, keeping another safety in in the room? Uh, especially if you think maybe you can get Norwood, you know, more in the slot, maybe put, or you know more in the free safety role and and get him tackling better and all like that. I, you know, I I don't think that's out of the question there. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and slam my fist down and say there's absolutely no way Norwood makes the roster. But it feels like it's going to be at least those four that I have on there because obviously Miles Killebrew mm-hmm. is, is is you know special teams captain or bust. It feels like now you never want to see Killebrew on the field, obviously on the defensive side of football if you can stand. It. So that would be a nut, yet another argument that you really only have three safeties. Uh, so that would be another argument to maybe keep Norwood in there. But for this exercise, only kept four. Fair enough. I do think about Elijah Riley, too, if he could have some sort of hybrid role between safety and slot corner. But, you know, I, I think he's still got to obviously earn that spot, just like uh, Trey Norwood will have to. And then at specialist, you're going chalk here with the same guys yeah. as last year with Boz, Harvin and Christian Kuntz. Uh, I, I, I went all chalk here because, uh, I want, I, I want to watch it play out. So I, I, I'm going to lean towards the incumbents, both at punter and long snapper, uh, until I have more of a reason maybe to go a different direction there. So it's more of a tip of the hat, uh, because look, we've talked, uh, punter and long snapper, the, those things could go either way and it would, it would not shock me one bit there, but I, I just gave a complimentary tip of the hat to the incumbents is all yep. that is. No, I understand that these guys have to either lose their jobs or somebody has to do enough to take their jobs until either of those things occur. It's probably fair to go with how it was last season. So that is your roster prediction. You'll do one uh, one after every preseason game, correct? Right. And uh, only only draft pick I had not making the uh, 53 was Spencer Anderson. And I had a nice and clean 25-25 split. Yeah, that does help my uh, my uh, OCD. So I do appreciate you going twenty five <laughs> and, and twenty five there. All right, Dave. A big day tomorrow, Thursday training camp day one. Of course, we'll be there at practice. I'll be joined by Tim Rice, our ace photographer. So you'll be able to see camp and then read my practice practice report afterwards. What are you looking to hear about, read about, see about on day one? Offensive line rotations first and foremost, man. Uh Really looking forward to seeing, as I noted, uh, 
what's going to happen with 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 Nate Herbig? Uh, are they going to dare tip uh, dip into any maybe of, to see if he has any center experience? What about Spencer Anderson? Uh, instead of where's Waldo, where's Spencer Anderson? We're going to be playing that game early on uh, in 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 training camp there. So uh, you know we've talked a lot about the backup center position throughout the off season there. Uh, I'm really I'm I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Uh, overall there, uh, especially if it's not a player like Kendrick Green uh, overall. So uh, offensive line uh, rotations early on, I'm, I'm interested to hear about that third running back position, you know, with Graham and 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 uh, uh, Hagans, who, who, you know, I have in my 53 there. Uh, interested to see how that plays out. I want some Monty, I want some Monty <laughs> the Mullet updates uh, from you, uh, really interesting prospect. I don't think he makes the 53. I think it's a real, real super narrow path that might depend on injury for that, but interested to hear about, uh, uh, that, uh, give me, give me some stuff on Nick Herbig, uh, early on in camp. Uh, uh, those are some things I'm interested in. And those are obviously some things just off the top of my head that, 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 that makes some sense. Sure. I'm with you on all those things. I'm going to have uh, especially uh, try to get eyes on DeMarvin Leal, Patrick Peterson. Where are these guys moving around? Are they uh, being good static? point. P- Peterson, maybe, you know, how, how's, you know, are we going to see any slot, you know? Right now, early on in camp, traditionally and typically Pittsburgh's more static. So I wouldn't expect maybe not a ton of moving around for, for these guys, but for the more veteran and established types like uh, Peterson, you may see some signs of that. So um, when they get into I doubt they do a two-minute drill tomorrow, but whenever they do that, I want to see where Peterson is in kind of those obvious pass situations and whatever sub-package Pittsburgh runs. I don't know if they're going to get to dime tomorrow. It may be just more base and nickel, but um, you know, we'll be watching that to see where things start and, of course, keeping an eye on that throughout the summer. Obviously looking forward to some Calvin Austin the third updates, mm, right. uh, get, getting back on the field again and you know, Alan. So, you know, obviously the 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 uh, some of the newcomers and Holcomb and Allen Robinson and uh, a plethora of uh, uh, things I'll be I'll be asking about. What's the, what's the top two or three things that you're you're most looking forward at, to at the start of training camp? The first two or three days before they put the uh, mm-hmm. put put the, put put the pads on, put put the foil on. <laughs> right. I think again, Leal Peterson just in alignment for those guys because we've discussed it so much. For me, because I'm excited for camp, it's going to be a lot of fun. The first four days in shells are going to have kind of an OTA-like feel. You're not learning a ton about you know personal performance and a super critical evaluation because you're still in shells. You can't tackle. That won't happen until the fifth day, the Tuesday, uh, after their off day on Monday. That's when things really kind of ramp up. So I like to look at initially kind of an initial depth chart where guys are lining up, what teams are running with, doing these things can and will change, but just to get a lay of the land early on. So when things do change and shift, we can be able to actually articulate that and talk about um, what has occurred. So it's usually that for me. And then some of the individual guys, Austin, a great point on him to see him for the first time since last camp and, and see what the progression is like with him. And then I know it's not going to be a fun thing to talk about, but you know, as much as we will discuss day one and we're going to bring it tomorrow, we don't want to overreact to day one. It is just one day of a long process. Again, they're not in pads tomorrow. And so I remember it's the example I always use a couple of years ago. Stephen Nelson, whenever he first got signed, had a quote unquote bad first day. And people are, oh, I just, why should why should they have signed Stephen Nelson? What a miss. What a terrible signing that was. He was fine. He evened out. He had a solid career in Pittsburgh. So um, whether it's good or bad, it is just one day. And that has to be 
put in the context throughout this, this pretty long process. So in other words, if, if Kenny, for some reason, doesn't have a good, good day, we should not be screaming for them to draft a quarterback <laughs> next year, right? <laughs> right. I'm sure somebody will. Um, and again, uh, I mean, we're going to analyze it. We're going to talk about, you know, who did well and who didn't do well. But we just put it in the context right. of it is one day, good or bad. And the guys that had a bad first day can improve, improve upon that. The guys that had a good first day need to stack good days. And especially when the pads come on, they have to stack good days. My other thing to look at, beat the heat. I don't know exactly mm. what the uh, forecast is tomorrow. I think it's going to be a pretty warm one. It's going to be uh, 86, they're calling, with maybe some rain, some humidity in there. So um, through the weekend, it's going to be in the upper 80s, low 90s. And so um, we're going to find out pretty quickly who's conditioned. Well, as 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 Bart Scott would say, can't wait. Uh, <laughs> and Alex, be careful. Don't you know, don't uh, don't don't show off the how fast a Porsche can go uh, You know, on the way. <laughs> don't don't try to make the trip to Latrobe in record time. Watch out for the deer and always take mm. a towel. Remember to always take a towel. I will need one with the with the rain. The deer, I'm gonna oh I've had some close calls this this year with the deer, so hopefully I'll be okay. All right. And don't don't text me and drive, even though I'll want you to text me and drive. <laughs> I always get the injury update the second I get on the road after practice. I'm like crap, I gotta I gotta tell Dave what's going on. All right, let me leave you before we get out of here with a comment from Jim Ursay, the Colts uh uh owner. NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith shots fired and uh, so to speak. So we, we're getting we're getting uh, an uh, uh, an NFL owner to push back on this. Uh, but look, I mean, he's right or wrong. He's got a point. <laughs> Probably not with the agents of selling bad faith so much. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that 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 was probably uh, the last the last two sentences. He probably could have to, to say it's in bad faith by uh, it's in bad faith by both sides to say uh, now that a specific player category wants another negotiation. He probably could have ended it right there, but uh, that came in on the Twitter machine while we were on, on the podcast here. So uh, no, no, no need to discuss it. Just wanted to throw it out there. I wonder Maybe if I, I, the, I wonder if Najee would be asked about that. <laughs> Maybe not the best thing to tweet about when you're about to negotiate or you're running back. Jonathan Taylor is unhappy mm. with his situation. So not sure that's the thing you want to say, but Jim say has never had a filter before. So why start now? All right. Shall we get out of here? Uh, is there any reader emails? Do you want to get to one or two of those before we, we wrap up or do you think we're good? Uh, let me see real quick what we have in here that we might get. And while you do quick. that, just a reminder for tomorrow, Dave and I will come back. We'll have our uh, post camp podcast. It will be later in the day. My report should come out roughly. We'll call it between seven and eight o'clock. We'll do the podcast immediately after for about 30, 45 minutes. So that will hopefully drop around say nine o'clock or so. I will get my McChicken afterwards for those I'm sure wondering, and that'll be the schedule for camp tomorrow. All right. Uh, one from Jeff in here and probably ain't going to have time to hit this one. It's a question about Mahomes, And uh, they said once uh, Burroughs deal gets done, Mahomes will be doing new contract as well because he's no longer a top five paid quarterback. How is that possible? They already restructured blah, blah, blah to clear space. And over the cap says that they have uh, only 500 K in cap space. Jeff, I'll tell you something. You know, we have Joel Corey on all the time on the show. Uh, if you want a good listen, he addresses Mahomes. 
Mahomes situation and Burroughs situation, uh, go go seek out uh, Joel Corey's latest episode of his uh, 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 salary cap podcast. It's about 30 minutes long. I listened to it last night. It's absolutely fantastic. He would do a much better job in that podcast than I would do in two and a half minutes trying to answer uh, your email here. Uh, let's see. Richard Jameson, on several shows, you mentioned that there has been a churn at the bottom of the roster. How, however, haven't the starting squads been affected too, with half of the defensive starters being new to the team, eventually two of, of, of the offensive line uh, starters being new to the team, not to mention the possibility of a new punter. Do you expect a slow start this season like last season? Are you concerned that a slow start will keep the Steelers out of the playoffs? Look, uh, let's Here's the thing. You're right. There is turnover. And we mentioned on defense and, you know, obviously they've had some turnover on the offensive uh, line and all like that. Uh, I don't I don't have any expectation. I don't have any concerns, uh, uh, fears. Uh, positive feelings at all about the start of the season right now because we got a whole training camp and preseason to go. A lot of things that might potentially happen over the next three weeks are going to really shape kind of our opinion, I think, uh, as to the start of the season. They do have some tough games at the start of the season. Obviously, you got the 49ers. You got a divisional game in the Browns. You get some uh, 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 pass rushers and a veteran quarterback against the Raiders in in week three. So, I mean, it's going to be a uh, no matter how they come out of this preseason, right, Alex? It's going to be a tough gauntlet, but uh, I, I don't sit here right now, and and I don't I have zero expectations right now because I want to see I want to learn and see a lot. Right, as we talked about, uh, Mike Tomlin does not seem super concerned. I'm a bit more worried about it, but it is one step at a time. It's not something I'm losing sleep over today. Let's just see how these guys look. I'm taking it day by day because we're kind of now really in the heart of the season to the point about the roster turnover. True, there are some starting changes, especially defensively, inside linebacker, strong safety, probably slot corner, uh, really in fact slot corner because Sutton and Millette are gone. Um, but I guess whenever I say the top of the roster, I kind of meant more of like the established stars and all those guys are the same with Watt and Minka and Hayward and offensively, there's a lot more carryover there. So, you know, we're going to be some starting changes, but I would say kind of that, you know, 35 through 90 is really turned over more than the one through 34 uh, spots on this roster. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, survey says, uh, <laughs> Mario Brown Brunell writes in good day, gents. In my opinion, the running back contract problem needs a team to set a new paradigm. Uh, I think maybe, uh, maybe president is what you, what he means. Since the length of the contract seems to be the issue, why not trade the length of a deal for guarantees or add void years to lessen, uh, the cap hit, whatever guaranteed money a running back is worth can be worked out by a running backs agent and GM after that's determined, get, get that money to the running back, uh, in two to three years. If the team still wants to run it, that running back after his guarantees are up, either restructure or cut him. It may take a team like the Steelers who loves their running backs and respects the position to set this new paradigm. Your thoughts, first and foremost, cash flows are going to be cash flows because, uh, other agents of, uh, uh, at other positions of players don't give a damn what position the player plays. They're going to say, well, look what you did for this player in the cash flow and the guarantees, right? So that by by beefing up uh, guarantees and, and shortening the length of the deal, uh, that could be used as a weapon against you in negotiations with other players. So uh, I get where you're coming coming at, and I appreciate you kind of trying to think out of the box here when it comes to this. Uh, what's what's got to happen is is running backs have got to just 
make it where they have to get paid, you know, and, and, and be the new Christian McCaffrey. And there's got to be a couple of them uh, to do it. The problem is, is will the next running back behind them do it? And that's kind of where we've fallen into the category right now, where since Christian McCaffrey has done it, and I guess to some some degree, uh, Derek Henry, I guess, uh, because the Alex, uh, uh, the, the Camara uh, deal with the saints that's backloaded, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that shows a good average yearly value, but I mean, he's not going to see some of that money in there. It's just set up to look better, uh, uh, you know, overall. So I get where you're coming from Mario, but, uh, uh, there's nothing in the CBA says teams have to do what, 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 what you're throwing out there. And once again, I think if you did that on a short deal, uh, a lot of a lot of first, you know, increase the cash flow per se and guarantee the whole damn thing. Well, then uh, the agent of your next star linebacker or edge rusher that comes due is going to say, look what you did for him, you know, uh, yeah. and, and, and use that as a weapon against him. But I understand, I understand where you come from. Look, this whole running back thing, I know it's going to continue to get work uh, talked about. It's pro- several of you probably tired of it, but until there's a new CBA, uh, you might have one or two that, that, that reset the market, but, uh, there's, there's not to me, unless the, the NFL PA comes up with one of those funds or whatnot, but if they do that, they're going to piss off the other position mm-hmm. groups and as well too. I, I just, for lack of a better word and excuse my French, I, I, I think they're SOL. Yeah, I think so. I think again, it comes down to some generational talent coming along that resets the market, you know, Bijan Robinson, whoever else may emerge that that'll you know lift everybody else but other than that there are not many moves for the running backs to make all right uh that's wrapped that up shall we get out of here alex yeah. I, I look forward uh, to your reports I look forward to uh talking to you on the first special edition of the terrible podcast for 2023 for training camp uh on thursday night so in the meantime you can follow me on twitter at studios depot follow alex at alex underscore kazora follow the show at terrible podcast email the show the terrible podcast at gmail.com if you like what we do and want to donate to the cause studios depot.com hit the donate button upright navigational bar also if you'd like an ad free version of the site studios depot.com hit the ad free button thanks for listening and staying up late with us on this uh wednesday night or getting up early on thursday morning and listening to this and as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.